Hey friends, welcome to the first episode of 2023. I'm so glad that you have joined me. I pray that your Christmas and New Year's was a time of joy, refreshment, connection, reflection, and above all, peace. Personally, I was able to spend time with my family and enjoy some quiet, restful days reflecting on 2022 and setting some intentions for 2023. One of those intentions I want to share with you today because it specifically focuses on the podcast. To date, I've primarily focused on taking a conversational approach to health and wellness related topics. And this will certainly continue as the main format for the show. However, in an effort to bring more resources to the WellMind community, I'm going to be adding an additional mini episode format. I plan to call these mini episodes Tools for the Well Mind. During these mini episodes, I plan to introduce a specific strategy or practice aimed to enhance or add to your wellness toolbox. So through these bite-sized episodes, I hope to offer uh, simple practices that you can implement immediately. My goal is to publish one tool for the WellMind each month in 2023, resulting in 12 tools over the course of the next year. There, I've put it out to you as a way of holding myself accountable and making this a reality. I do find that this simple act of verbalizing and sharing our goals with others really deepens motivation and makes that goal more real. All right, let's get into the episode. My dear, dear friend, Dr. Jennifer Longren is back. Now, I have been holding on to this one for a little while now, which is unusual. Typically, I plan, record, edit, and publish the episodes all within three to four weeks. So in part, I just got really busy again with wrapping up the fall semester here at Bethany and couldn't get into the studio the way I wanted to. But the other part is that in this episode, Jenna shares specifically about her work on a very special project. And this this project is aimed at supporting educator wellness. So really reaching, uh, trying to reach the teachers, the educators in our school systems. And uh, this project has been going through development and accessibility reviews and those kind of things. So it wasn't quite ready when we sat down for this conversation. She did share it with me, kind of an early preview, and I was able to access the platform, take a look at some of the content and the layout, and I was just so excited for it. I think it's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful resource for so many people. And... I I just think it's important to get this information out so that when the platform does officially go live, you all, as part of the WellMind community, are going to know about it. You're going to have direct access to it. So, and you'll be able to share that information out with others. I'm sure many of you are educators yourself um, or know, you know, family, friends, um, community members that are educators and could really benefit from this wellness-based platform. So you can share that information and this episode with them. So 
If you've been a member of the WellMind community, you are well acquainted with Jenna. This is her third time on the podcast. But if you haven't actually listened to her previous episodes, then I promise you're in for a treat. She's just an amazing person in every way, and I'm super grateful to call her my friend. And true to form, in our conversation, themes of self-care, wellness, habit formation, system setting, values, balance in life, and relationship health are all permeating the conversation. So let's get to it. Here is my chat with Dr. Jenna Longren in episode 36 of the WellMind podcast. Jenna, it's great to have you back in the studio. How's it going today? It's going great. Thanks yeah. so much. It's Friday. It's mm-hmm. MEA break. Yep. So I've yep. got some fun things planned with my family. And after this, I'm kind of done for the weekend. Oh, so. very nice. So I'm I'm your last thing. Yes. Yeah. It's a great way to end the week. <laughs> I, this conversation. Yes. I was uh, uh, in the studio a couple of Fridays ago. And that, that was my sentiment walking out. Like there isn't anything better for me than being in the studio on Friday and just doing this, having a great conversation and having that energy carry me into the weekend. Yeah, it's true. It's like a nice way to connect and to have a creative time to lead you into rest and restorative, you know, time with your Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we were chatting before I hit the record button here and you, this is your third appearance on the well mind so the, the only person that can say that there's been a couple of doubles but but not a triple appearance yet and uh, i think that's pretty cool yeah thank you i'm just honored oh. thanks for listening <laughs> yeah wanting yeah. to hear from me <laughs> yes um oh every yeah our uh, conversations with you always go over very well with uh with the listeners so uh you were episode one episode 16 and now episode 34. So that's pretty cool. Yes. Third time's a charm, I hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll just keep building. Yes. We'll just keep building for sure. Um, well, how have you been? Just catch me up a little bit on what life has been like. Um, you know, even going back into the summer a little bit, what, what you've been working on and how things have been going. Sure. Yes. I'd love to do that. Well, I think the biggest change since I was here last is that I have another baby. So I have four kiddos. Congrats. Eight eight and under. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Two and two, two boys, two girls. So I would say my life is kind of this continual dance and balance and navigation of being a mom, being a professor. And then my kind of my newest endeavor that started this summer is being a health consultant. So I very, very sadly ended my employment with Christian Family Solutions of being a therapist. I worked with that company for eight years. Mm, my wow. whole adult life as a mother. I started when I was expecting my first child okay. and then okay. ended my employment after the birth of my fourth. So it was just mm-hmm. this beautiful relationship and season of my life that I had with this organization. And then I just kind of had this reflective time. And as I mentioned to you at this season of winter mm-hmm. of kind of hunkering down and reflecting and just being still and quiet with my family and on maternity leave. And then this new opportunity unfolded where I started working for a grant, a COVID relief grant that focuses on supporting the mental health of educators. 
So I have done a lot of presentations on my self-care work with educators. I've gotten some big contracts with school districts, District 77 in Mankato, and then Anoka Hennepin. I, I did some work with them last year, Anoka mm -hmm. Hennepin School Systems. Yep, I remember you talking yeah. about that. Yeah, so yeah. I started this grant work, and it's just been this really interesting position to be in, um, having these kind of conversations how do we impact and support educators who are you know working with students who are dysregulated who haven't been in the classroom in years who have this apathy who are just struggling mm -hmm. and I one of my coworkers said that she was at a conference and there was a study that came out and 91 percent of educators said that they plan to leave the field within five years 91 percent wow. so it's just you know, these are the people who are teaching our children and they're struggling greatly and um, being in a position to support them in creative ways um, has been really amazing. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's been, uh, I don't know, it seems like the dominoes have just fallen pretty quickly with some of this stuff because I do remember you talking about yeah, you know, having some self-care presentations or trainings or those kind of things. But now it seems like that consultant role has really expanded for you professionally. Yeah, yep. It, it, I don't even know how I ended up getting this position, but I had reached out and asked um, this person who I had worked with if they needed more presentations. And she passed my name along mm -hmm. until it essentially they're like, hey, we have a team. We need mental health providers and specialists. Yeah. Can you join this team in a more permanent role. And I said, yes, like That's it's just cool. such a high impact work that, yeah. and it's so different than working at a university in a union, in a state system. This is a, it's very open and whatever we want to do, we can do. And we have the funding and we have the support to do it. It's just such a, an interesting position. Yeah. So, so that along with, um, you know, being a mom to four kids and having a full-time job mm -hmm. as a professor, mm -hmm. also having this as kind of a creative outlet and this collaboration with these other providers and with these other entities has been kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's awesome. It really is. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I remember too when we were, were talking and you'd made that reference to kind of being in a season of life where you were more stepping back. Um, and I, I thought to myself, that's not going to last very long. <laughs> you know me too well. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm just doing nothing. Yeah. I am just, you know, being and being present. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I believe that. I believe that you were. I just think, yeah, then I, you have an energy about you that you can't really hold back. So e even if you were taking some intentional time, like on maternity leave and, and things like that, like, which is great. Awesome. I just know that that energy can't be contained for too long. Yes, I know <laughs> it is true. I yeah. need to start organizing something yeah. or putting my house in order. Yep. Cone marrying my whole house, <laughs> noticing what sparks joy. Right. right. No, it has, but it, I really have. I do feel like I've slowed down, though. Like, yeah. honestly, it sounds like this is so much, but... It, it does. So so help me understand that contrast okay, sure. of, like, doing these big projects, but feeling like life has been able to be slower. Yeah. Well, I was reflecting back. Like, last year at this time, I was pregnant. Um, 
I got in a car accident in mm. September. So we had one car as my car mm. was getting repaired. We were also redoing our roof. Mm. So, and just getting everything in order, like it was survival mode. Yeah. Like it was just really challenging as, I, and I'm reflecting back now kind of where we were last year. I'm like, oh my goodness, how did I do that all? Preparing for maternity leave, like just all of these things. And now I'm sort of, we're out of survival mode and we, we have these systems set up with our kids going to school, our third child's going to preschool. And my goal is to work about every day with Fridays being flexible from mm -hmm. drop off to pick up. Mm. So my goal mm. is to kind of contain my work from about eight to two thirty, mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I took my email off of my phone mm. and okay. I'm not on any technology when my kids are home from about two thirty to six thirty, seven thirty till they're in bed. Yeah. So it, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm onto something yeah. for myself. Like it doesn't feel like I'm a workaholic who's always distracted. Mm -hmm. It seems like when I'm working, I'm working. When I'm home, I'm home. Mm. And um, the days that I don't teach, sometimes I work from home with with my littles having childcare. But it for one of the first times in my life as a parent, I do feel like mm. I have a system of balance and I'm out of this survival mode. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I mean when I say it's slowed down. Yeah. And and all of my grant work is virtual too. I might oh. go to the cities once in a while, maybe once a month. Yeah. Um, get my Trader Joe stop in. So it's worth <laughs> it. But um Yeah. It's weird though. Like mm -hmm. honestly, I, I read about this concept that's called mourning the familiar misery. Like mm. with any change in your life, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I'm used to being overwhelmed a lot mm. and just like activated all the time. Like, oh my gosh, what fire do I need to mm -hmm. put out next? And mm -hmm. I don't feel like that now. Mm. I'm like, I, ah, like I, I can just sit and yeah. read a magazine right now if mm -hmm. my two littles are sleeping and I'm home and my work is done. Mm -hmm. So I'm almost, it's like that survival mode is my familiar misery and I'm not there right now. Mm. And it can be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, in those transitions, uh, I don't totally know what you're talking about because I haven't, I don't know, I haven't f cracked the code on that yet for myself. But <clears throat> but there are definitely times where life is very full and I have more things that I could possibly do in a week's time or two weeks' time. And I'm kind of coming out of a little bit of that over the past month uh, with things here at the program uh, for clinical mental health counseling. And I just think uh, it's hard to sit and actually be comfortable sitting because I'm more thinking about, well, all these other things that I could be doing or should be doing needing to get done that are kind of grabbing for my attention. And that's a tricky place to be in because then it's hard to be fully present with the thing that's in front of you when you've got the list of things running in the back of your head. And it's, it sounds like you've been able to quiet some of that. Yes. And it's not perfect by any means, but what? it is. Odd. I thought it was totally yeah, perfect. Right. No, you, like I'm sitting at the feet. <laughs> I'm just reading Magnolia wisdom. journals by the fire <laughs> and just not feeling guilty. Yeah. I think a lot of times people feel guilty when they rest Yeah, and a lot of high achievers <laughs> or a lot of teachers. I yeah. work with a lot of teachers and they're like, yeah. I cannot sit still. I feel guilty and the work just doesn't get that done then. Mm -hmm. And then I just have to do it later. So mm -hmm. I might as well just, it's kind of like 
push it and work and then just crash and then, you know, binge watch Netflix and then anxiously <laughs> re-engage. Yeah. So I. That's a gross cycle. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's, I think just being, mm. knowing that rest matters and, and just being in alignment. Mm -hmm. Like I, like Trevor was saying the other day, he's just like, I just don't feel well. Like, I just don't feel good. I'm tired, but I got a lot of sleep. And like he had wanted to like keep working on something. I'm like, if you don't feel well, just rest, like lay mm -hmm. down. You don't need to push through. You can just listen to your body and be in alignment with what your body needs. Like mm -hmm. that is okay. And I think that is something that has changed for me, that belief that it's okay to rest yeah. and that it's necessary and that it's a beautiful investment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, aspirational. That That's, that's really good stuff. Um, and I know <clears throat> again, seasons of life that there, this may not be the time for everybody to be able to do that in their life. I know it. it's, that's a challenge for me. So I was kind of referencing like the past uh, month, really it's been since the fall school year started. Um, things have just accelerated massively here at Bethany. And we had two residencies this fall where all of our students come to campus for four days of intensive counseling work. And I'm on center stage for one of those. And one of my colleagues is on center stage, as we say, for, for the other one. But, you know, there's a high level of um, involvement still for all of us. And we want to make that experience really special and uh, impactful for our students. So like everything else just kind of gets set to the side so that we can be entirely focused on that. But that just doesn't, it means those things haven't gone away, mm -hmm. you know? And so even this week um, has been less scheduled, I would say, but still very full with trying to recover. And, and I don't like the phrase catch up, you know, because mm -hmm. that, that's, I think a misnomer. I never get to a place where I'm like, Oh, everything on my list is done and I don't have anything to do that. That's, um, uh, not a helpful way that for me to think, mm -hmm. uh, but instead just feeling more accomplished with like, okay, I, I did accomplish these things. Um, so, and, and I feel that way coming into our conversation today so I can be present with us and, and this time, um, and I think, okay, well, there's still some things that I can accomplish this afternoon too, uh, before leaving town. And that's what I'm doing tonight after, uh, after my boys get out of their, uh, afternoon football practice we're all going to drive over to sioux falls and spend the weekend over there and see friends and that'll be a really good time too that's awesome do you stay at the water park so we're actually gonna uh crash at somebody's house they're out of town and they have a dog and they were like hey can if you're gonna come over to town do you want to just stay at our house and i was like yeah absolutely and uh so we're gonna stay at their house and take care of their dog and I have a trail run that I'm going to do with uh, some friends on Saturday morning cool. and uh, probably get some good food and, and hang out after that too. That's amazing. That's yeah. a, a win win for everyone mm -hmm. for the dog too. Yeah. You're going to take the dog on the run. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> You're too uh, fast my it. friend Jeremy uh, indicated he's, he's a bit elderly. Uh, so he's uh, yeah, he'll just be happy to have some company around the house while they're gone. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And yeah. that is nice when you can feel like a guilt-free vacation or when you can kind of put everything in order and then 
transition to being with your family and really be with them. Yeah. And I think that is something that's a, a constant balance and a constant navigation. Mm-hmm. Because if you are, if you do have a lot on your plate, if you have things coming up, mm-hmm. kind of always catching up, and especially for educators, just correcting. Yeah. Oh, like that is one thing. It's like it never goes away. No, it's like laundry. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. And I yeah, I teach a writing intensive class and I have all all the drafts of my students that I need to correct still, but um I just I I don't feel as distracted or as as burdened by it as I mm. used to. Mm. Of like like activated by it. Yeah. Like it's I can do that after my kids go to bed or mm-hmm. early in the morning yeah. or just in some dedicated time. It doesn't have to like bleed together for this constant state of chaos yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and <clears throat> We had a big transition this fall as well in our household because my wife, Sarah, has gone back to teaching full time. Um, she has her own classroom. She's teaching third and fourth grade um, at one of the grade schools here. <clears throat> and she is loving it. Like, it's awesome. It's been a fantastic experience for her. Working with the kids is a real treasure for her. Um, and it's just meant a lot of shifting within our family and our like where kids go after school and dynamics that way and <clears throat> everything from cooking meals to transportation to, you know, it's everything has been like kind of thrown up in the air and mm-hmm. we're saying, okay, how do we reshuffle this? How do we figure this out? Um, so a couple of months in at this point, well, almost three months in at this point, I feel like we're finally establishing a little bit of a routine mm-hmm. um, and uh, some fall sports are winding down as oh. well which a good feeling yeah and it was beautiful it was so fun going to soccer and volleyball and football and all of these all of the things like i love it and it'll be nice to have some evenings at home again too Mm -hmm. so it's just um yeah it's been hard to nail down exactly what the week is supposed to look like for Mm -hmm. us now um but i think we're getting there yeah same with us. And speaking of seasons, like those sports seasons, we had soccer and, you know, weekend games and all of these things. And it's nice while it lasts, but it's also, it's also nice when it ends as well. And it can, you can enter a new season. Yeah. And as you were speaking, it also made me think about every time a school year starts, what I say now is like, I'm in a system setting mode. Like mm-hmm. we're setting systems. And just like you said, with these constant transitions of sports or people going back to work or residencies, like what yeah. happens week to week, it's like these systems kind of ebb and flow. So like I went back to work, my kids went back to school and then my daughter went to preschool. So it's like this constant like building mm-hmm. and adjusting mm-hmm. and kind of having a foundation and then just having some flexibility within it. Yeah. And that is kind of, it's nice to put a name to it. I think I just call it system setting. Like that mm-hmm. is, I just kept saying that over mm-hmm. and over, like this is my system setting. Like when do you work <laughs> out? How do you meal plan? Oh, Who does yeah. what? Yeah. Um, how do you get the kids in a place? Like when do you practice piano and how do you, you know, just make sure everyone's needs are met in the family mm-hmm. and and just understanding what we want to accomplish. Like, what is this all for and what are our values as well? Because I think that's something that's been really meaningful to me is kind of naming our values mm-hmm. and then seeing how what we do aligns with them. Mm-hmm. So one of one of my core values is simplicity. Mm. And the way that I interpret that is like simplicity in my relationships 
simplicity in my schedule, simplicity in my house. Like I don't like chaos. Mm-hmm. I don't like being rushed and overscheduled as, yeah. as you know, contrary <laughs> to pro- popular belief. Yeah. Simplicity, like in my faith, with my friendships, in my health, in my marriage, in my home, mm-hmm. I like to keep it just like simple and straightforward. And it doesn't mean easy, no. but it means... It means, I don't know, balanced and clear and organized, I guess, mm-hmm. to me. But mm-hmm. just kind of navigating, like, is this an, is this out of alignment with that core value of simplicity? Mm-hmm. Is having three events in one day? Because that's what we're looking at, right? Like being invited to parties, invited to outings, invited to different groups. Um, I've had days where my kids, the same kid, had three birthday parties in two days. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's a lot for mm-hmm. one six-year-old person. So just really, for me, it was helpful to kind of clarify my core values and then kind of set a system so it can operate in alignment to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's weird to say, right? Because it's just like, do all the things, like you just kind of do and then feel relieved without this like reflection or clarity, which is kind of new for me this this year as Mm -hmm. well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I reflect back on our previous conversations for the podcast and what different seasons like our our whole like community was in during those times. Like the very first time we sat down was like f- you know, 4 or 5 months into COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And like community and life looked so different at that point. And then you know, sitting down in the spring of, or late winter of 21, like, again, things were reemerging at that point. Um, But now I feel like for in many ways, life has kind of ticked back up. And so I miss some of the stillness and quietness that was taking place, you know, over the last couple of years, because that's just not where we're at. And I, I'm, I'm not uh, begrudging any of the goodness of things that are happening now, but I appreciate that reminder of grounding yourself in your core values and let, letting that be the, uh, you know, directional compass Mm -hmm. for how you run your day and what system you're developing for your family and, prioritizing that way uh, because it feels like it can get out of hand pretty quickly Mm -hmm. when we lose track of those values. And it's, it's interesting that, that you mentioned that too, because I think a lot of us, like we know what our values are like, Oh, like, okay. So faith and family and friends, right? Like, I think it's like a hobby lobby Mm. sign, Mm. right? Like kind (laughs) of cliche, but I did this training. I did a Brene Brown dare to lead training this summer. And it was like a, I don't know. I think we met four times for eight hours. Like it was pretty intensive. And one of the activities was to just name your core values. You had to name two Mm. and they gave you a list of words or you could fill in your own. And it really, it really pushes you to find the nuance in them Mm -hmm. and to really kind of reflect and to name it. And I think having that name is so powerful. And my other one that I named is growth. Mm. And I think that's that, also puts a name to my priorities and um, as we joke about like my constant sort of activation, but it's, it's me growing Mm -hmm. and 
then I don't feel bad or ashamed or embarrassed at like Mm -hmm. all of the things I'm always doing because Mm -hmm. it's, that's operating in alignment with my core values. And I like saying that because it's like, you can have permission to be in a new position or to get out of your comfort zone or to try this new thing. Like that, that feels good to me. That feels whole to me. That's me operating out of integrity. Mm -hmm. So it's just nice to name it. And I, on my um, platform that I shared with you, there's yeah. a whole um, video and a list of core values. And we kind of start some of the content on that platform talking about core values and, and why mm. they're important and mm-hmm. why naming them matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love that. That's been <clears throat> a practice of mine for sure. Clinically in working with clients is helping them clarify their values, um, at, you know, so that we're working on the right things or we're working in the right direction because so much of the time clinically it's about management or alleviation of pain and suffering. And I think the starting with a values based perspective is really important in being able to say, okay, well, when, as, as we're growing through this or making changes, like what are we aiming for? What are we moving toward? And then for the students in our counseling program as well, like that's, that's an essential uh, process for them early on in their development as counselors and training is to clarify their values because that informs so much of why they're here, mm-hmm. um, why they want to do this work, um, and what's going to sustain them in the field as they do that work, which I think is parallel to what you're talking about with educators and doing this um, with this platform. So let's let's spend a little time diving into this platform uh, that I perused uh briefly um when you sent the link over and was able to look at it so i just scratched the surface for sure but give us the origin story of this uh education based or educator focused platform that that's in development sure i'd love to it's it's one of the biggest projects that i've ever worked on professionally that's like such a tangible product as the result Mm. So as I mentioned, I'm working with this COVID relief grant and my focus is on the mental health of educators and just the whole school system in general. But we're focusing on educators because they're really the glue to administration, to school staff and to students and families is is the teachers. Mm -hmm. So we have we have a budget and um, we're working in the metro area, but it's we're really opening this platform up to anyone But our question was really, how do we support the mental health of educators on this big scale, right? So you can go, you can, you know, go to a school and sit with the teachers and hear what the issues are. But I think the the number of schools that my specific educational um, cooperative serves is about 416. Mm. So those are the schools in the metro that we work with. And that's just too many. So we had this idea to build a platform that's like a professional place where we produce professional content and we, it's, it's kind of crazy how it all worked out, but we ended up, I'm with a coworker who's a a school social worker and I, we had a two day shoot and we filmed 22 videos in two days Mm. Um, really modeling it after the the phases of first year teaching. 
Um, so it's like anticipation, survival, disillusionment, uh, reflection, and rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. So within those topics, we developed all of this content for mental health, for wellness, for mindset that goes under each of the, the phases of a teacher. Um, we developed all of the content ourselves. We developed all of the resources and then we filmed it. And um, we worked with OMG, the auto media group in Mankato. Okay. I, I knew a contractor who worked for them, Kurt Schrader. So I reached okay. out to Kurt. He's a videographer, editor. And I just said, hey, you know, what do you think? We had some meetings. But it was such a it was such a fascinating project mm -hmm. because it was it it was amazing to see it start as an idea. And now it's a full functioning platform with 22 professionally edited and filmed videos that are available to educators and anyone who wants to see them. So we, I talked with our executive director and our grant manager, Linnea, my coworker and I, and we're like, we just want to make this accessible to anyone. We don't want to limit it to the Metro, limited it to the schools who are in partnership with our cooperative. Like we just want this available because teachers are struggling so much. Mm -hmm. So we, it was just, it was such a whirlwind to shoot that much content in For two sure. days. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's huge. Yeah. And we, like I said, it was like, we wanted it to be very personable and homey. So we filmed it in a house that we rented. Like we rented out a mm. residence. Okay. That's just a beautiful new build. Okay. Um, this poor family, they had two little kids and they, it was like, it was a friend of someone from the company, but they would like leave in the morning and we just set up cameras and um lighting and just all it looked like a mm -hmm. movie studio mm -hmm. wow. um we had professional hair and makeup and like <laughs> okay. catered food and like yeah. i just felt like a celebrity yeah and then linnea and i are just like drinking coffee and talking about these topics and mm -hmm. we just shot it and they just recorded us and mm -hmm. and the product is 22 videos on mental health and wellness kind of following these broad phases yeah yeah it's incredible. Um, again, that just speaks to that energy that I was referring to that you have that cannot be contained. Um, that, I mean, it sounds exhausting too. So I, I wonder, you know, like you really leaned into that for two days. Then what, what did the two, three days after that look like? Oh man, it was, I was just kind of in shock to be yeah, honest, like really. that it was such a growth experience. Like that is like, that took it to the next level for me because just having to be on, having to transition from video to video so quickly, mm -hmm. having, you know, Linnea would had some, I would had some, like we kind of looked into what we're really passionate about, what we've lectured on, you know, in past workshops and things like that. But just right. they had three cameras going. So they, they like switched mm. um, Perspective. perspectives. Yeah. So when she was talking, I'd be listening. It was it was so much energy expended. But mm -hmm. afterward, I'm like, I just need to like process this. Like I was tired, but I was, I had some, I was still pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> Low energy, moderate <laughs> pleasantness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, so you were talking about this primarily being focused on teachers in the metro, right? So this is these are urban environment teachers is that correct 
Yeah, and the suburbs too. And the suburbs, like it's yeah. not just downtown Minneapolis and super urban. Like it's just kind of the greater Minneapolis St. Paul area. Okay. Um, but it's we're really opening it up to everyone. So I have one of my best friends is a teacher in New Elm. I'm, mm-hmm. I shared it with her. Okay. Um, so it's not like it's limited to that, but that's just where where we're housed is out out of Arden Hills. Okay. So okay. Um, so as I was looking at the platform, it seems like it's almost laid out in um, like a sequential manner. So you would start at the beginning and kind of work through each kind of series of videos. Is that, is that kind of how it's laid out? <clears throat> That's how it's laid out, but it's, it's almost like, I mean, the phases of it's, it's based off of the phases of a first year teacher. So if it depends on when you're accessing it, I would say, okay. so it really starts okay. at this anticipation phase. So it's like, that's when we talk about core values, this concept of best self, um, habits, routines, and rituals. It's like prepping for the school year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd say if you're accessing it in November, December, mm. then that might be like the disillusionment type okay. content when okay. it's like the neurobiology of stress and trauma, yeah. um, demoralization and burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have videos that kind of speak to where people might be. Got it. So I would say it depends on when you access it. Because mm-hmm. if you're watching it now, and it's me being like, yay, we all love school supplies. Get some fresh post-its. You're like, mm-hmm. no, this doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Or, you know, my system setting stuff. I talk a lot about that in my habits and um, kind of the science behind habits and things like that. But mm-hmm. I would say it really depends on when you access it. But it is kind of designed. It's laid out to be like the table. The menu of contents kind of starts with those first phases. Got it. You know, but there's, there's this like reflection phase that could be over winter break too. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a pick and choose your own menu. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and I like that it's that there is a sequence to it. Things are laid out. I mean, to me, it seemed like very well organized, which is unsurprising coming from a project that you're working on. It's just very well organized. Um, Yeah. But, but to be able to kind of pick and choose, okay, here's a topic that is kind of speaks to me in this moment with what I'm dealing with. And I can, I can access that. Like how long are the videos? How much are we talking? It, I mean, some of them are two minutes, some are like 25. So it's, it's a wide range, but, but those are very digestible videos. I mean, because sometimes, um, so, so like you had mentioned it's MEA right now and a lot of teachers are, you know, all day they're at a mm-hmm. conference all day. They're listening to different speakers. Like it's a huge investment of like time and resources to, to be able to do that. And I think that's incredibly valuable and needs to continue. Yet this serves a slightly different like purpose in being able to have these kind of manageable bite-sized like um little injections mm-hmm. uh, of support or education or something to reflect on. Yeah. And the, and we really didn't want it to feel like people were being talked at. That's mm-hmm. what Linnea kept saying. She worked in the schools. She worked, you know, in the trenches with administration and students and teachers. She just, she has so much passion and she's like, we cannot talk at them. We can't just say, do more self-care, do more mm-hmm. self-care. It can't be do more and here's what you're doing wrong. It it has to feel supportive. So every, we just designed the whole thing to feel like you were having coffee with friends and learning and, and just kind of being encouraged. 
So that's like, it's not sterile. It's very raw. Mm -hmm. Like they edit it very little. Okay. Like we just kind of went and it is what it is. And I liked that. And that's the feedback that we've heard. Linnea shared it with some of her friends who are working in the Metro. And she said someone just burst into tears after Mm. watching one video. She's like, I didn't know that this was how I felt. Mm. I didn't know how much I was struggling Cause I think sometimes with burnout, it's like you're either burned out or you're not mm. and you don't think you are, but you might just feel demoralized. Mm-hmm. And that's really the word that we used. We have a whole video on just demoralization Okay. and Linnea really dug into that one. But I think that one really fits for people who are struggling, who don't feel supported, who don't feel, they just feel very dehumanized in mm-hmm. the schools. Mm. Because what we're hearing is a lot of teachers have pressure from administration to get the assessment scores up. That if you don't, if the students don't meet this certain, you know, level of competency, they lose funding. Mm. So if a teacher is struggling, if a teacher, you know, is having a hard time or is struggling with mental health challenges, doesn't matter. Yeah. You just got to get the assessment scores up. Okay. And the students are dysregulated and not listening one of my neighbor's subs and she said she was in a classroom and there was a little person who screamed for 28 minutes, Mm. like who just was screaming and they are just doing everything they can to help this person regulate. But how can a teacher teach and how can students learn in that environment? How can any assessment be valid? So just this kind of rehumanizing people and it doesn't have to be complicated. Mm -hmm. It's just seeing them helping communicate that they matter and asking what they need yeah, and helping provide that for them however yeah. you can. Yeah. But it's, it's just like this dehumanization that's occurring. And I think that's just to be very blunt with it. That's mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, and the um, individual that burst into tears, like the connection that that person like experienced with that video is what was powerful because it was naming something. It was giving them language to be able to describe and articulate what their experience has been. <clears throat> and that's empowering in and of itself. Cause if we can't even name something, there's then there's no way for us to do anything about it. Oh right? my gosh. You know, yes. like, so just to be able to use language to, to name things, to be able to describe it, uh, to say, okay, the, I'm not the only one, you know, mm-hmm. there's some universality in this mm-hmm. because this is a video on a platform that's, you know, hundreds, thousands of teachers are going to be able to access. So it it, it speaks to the general experience. Um, and it's based in research too, right? Mm-hmm. This, this isn't something that you guys are just um, coming up with based on your own lived experience, but you're tying this into some really good evidence-based research as yes. well. And just that whole name, you know, the name it to tame it, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that is so important. And that's one of our um, videos is based on the work of Mark Brackett. He work a bo- he wrote a book that's called Permission to Feel, and he developed a tool that's called the Mood Meter. Okay. And that has really kind of changed my professional life mm. and even my personal life with how I name my feelings and talk to my kids about it. Because yeah. what's cool is that instead of saying, like, these are bad feelings or, like, you need to get out of the red zone, you know, even in mm-hmm. schools we say, like, mm. these are good, these are bad. If you're angry, it's bad. Mm. He really talks about feelings in terms of energy and pleasantness okay. instead of like good and bad. Okay. So not none of those, if you're high energy, low pleasantness, that's okay. You know, that could be anger mm. and that can be, that's how things get done. You know, like mm. that's how movements are made and change happens. Anger, anxiety are really functional feelings. 
if you're low energy, low pleasantness, you know, that could be sadness or depression or despair and hopelessness. Mm. But what's interesting, what he talks about, if you can name, you know, disheartened, Mm -hmm. just even naming it before it becomes despair is protective in and of itself Mm. or just disappointed. I feel disappointed if you can name that and your brain can say, okay, we have a framework for how to deal with disappointed and you can get support for that, not only for yourself, but also the people in your life can support you when you're disappointed. That can, that can help regulate before it intensifies to hopelessness and despair. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that's such a, such an important thing to consider. Um, And the other thing that I've noticed is that, high energy, high pleasantness isn't the goal. Like that's not the goal all the time. Like that's unrealistic and annoying, frankly. And I might seem like that, but I'm not high energy, high pleasantness all the time. And like, it's not, it's not desirable to be that. And I think a lot of people feel the pressure to be, I'm good. I'm fine. Everything's great. You know, I'm living life, good vibes only. Um, and Susan George out of Harvard really talks about like this idea of how that's toxic mm. to just say good vibes only. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no room for sadness or disappointment or anguish if yeah. it's good vibes only. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of teachers, too, have this pressure to be chipper and friendly even when they don't feel it. And that's just operating out of alignment. Mm-hmm. So not only naming it, but also having these continuums of energy and pleasantness, I think is really interesting. So like if Trevor says, how are you? I'll be like, well, you know, I'm pretty low energy, but I'm pretty moderate pleasantness. Mm. And isn't that an interesting way? Like that's some good data instead of like, I'm fine. Ugh, I'm stressed, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm pretty low energy, but I'm mediocre pleasantness (laughs) depending on what time of night it is. And how many times my three-year-old has gotten out of bed for food and snacks. Sure, sure. That's really interesting. So so you're using both the scaling terminology here on of of energy and pleasantness, but then you're all you are still naming like concrete specific feelings too, disheartened. So when when we say we're I mean we we joke about that both at in my office setting uh, that we don't use the word fine and I don't we don't use that at home either and we call each other out if somebody says that they're fine but um but stressed um even anxious like some of those Mm -hmm. things they're really umbrella kind of feeling words and so it seems like you're expanding the the crayon box a bit here with Mm -hmm. using more specific emotional language Yep. And I want one word that has really fit for me is depleted. Mm. I love that word. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying I'm stressed, like I, I feel depleted or mm-hmm. I feel disappointed or I feel anxious or I just feel, yeah, just having some nuance to it mm-hmm. really matters. Mm-hmm. Once again, not only for yourself in your own brain to have a template for how do we cope with that, but also for the people in your life to help them support you and understand your experience. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, concept of vulnerability comes to mind here. So how do you balance um, vulnerability with this while also, you know, having boundaries for yourself? And, mm-hmm. and you know, because uh, a teacher in a classroom may be like, uh, what is it? High energy, low pleasantness kind of coming in. But then 
where are the boundaries for what that looks like in the room and how, like, in what ways do they express that in a vulnerable way, but also, you know, maintaining that integrity as the teacher of the classroom? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think, you know, I think timing is really important. And I think setting, I it, I don't, I don't know if they would say to their students, I'm really crabby today. So just mm. back off, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. but I think that. Well, I'm concerned that sometimes that's what happens, yeah. you know, is that like we, we come into whatever space we're in, we bring ourselves in there and then that, that sets the tone as well. And so this, like pressure to be chipper and happy, like there's a utility in recognizing like how I present myself and how I bring myself into this space, that that's going to set a tone as well. Mm-hmm. But so how do I be authentic <clears throat> in yes. that? Yeah. And also understand like, hey, I'm I'm in a position where I have some influence. Yeah. Right. I think it's just, I think it starts with you having awareness of Mm. how you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because I think so many people just don't. They just fly in like, oh, what am I doing today? Oh, Mm -hmm. no. And then it's like an act. It's like they're they're acting, trying to be pleasant, but it's so much energy to operate out of alignment. Mm -hmm. That I think just saying, I'm worn out. I'm feeling demoralized. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just recognizing it and naming it. Like that's step one. Yeah. And just having some practices built into your morning, built into your school day, having some time or like even if it's in the car, just doing checking in with yourself all the time. Like I do that all the time Mm. and sharing it and letting your coworkers know. Like I just it's having boundaries. Like I don't think just, you know, emoting all over the place and talking about your problems and sharing it on social media, like in in a way with bad boundaries is the answer. Mm -hmm. But I think authentically sharing is very healthy, but there's a time and place for it. Um, But I I really think it starts with you naming it and understanding it and having an awareness Mm -hmm. and then just kind of saying, okay, what do I need right now? Um, What are ways that I can change my state? Mm -hmm. But I do think a lot of people, you know, they, they act and they try to be chipper, but then they might snap or when they get home then, they're so worn out that Mm. their family gets the brunt of the act. Mm -hmm. Their family gets all of the, you know, low energy or high energy and very low pleasantness because it's exhausting to have to act all the time. But I think if you yourself can name and accept your feelings, whatever they are, I think that's where it starts. And to just have some systems once again in place to help you change your state, to help you recognize it, accept it, acknowledge it, have a lot of self-compassion and then just have some, you know, curiosity about it as well and some flexibility with what you do to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts too as I'm, as I'm processing this. Um, so context is important. Like there are certain relationships in which you can be more authentic, vulnerable, open, raw about your state and then there are other uh, situations or contexts in which like you're not going to lead with that you but it still may be helpful to acknowledge it in, in you know a boundaried fashion and like you know kind of the extreme example of I'm going to put this out on social media or I'm going to broadcast this on you know my classroom or something like that saying okay well there's a breakdown in 
in boundaries there. So that's important, but then also recognizing that boundaries can't be masking and I can't be like uh, fake or manufacturing something that's not really there because mm-hmm. that, that's going to come at a cost to me and to the people that I care about. Yeah, I think you summed it up super well. Mm-hmm. And like kids are smart. Like I, I they are like they, they know mm-hmm. like they can they can ask. And I just think talking about it is so important. Yeah. Like if my kids say what's wrong, I'll say, you know, I'm just feeling really frustrated and I'm, I'm just worn out. Mm. And I don't I don't like expect them to support me emotionally at all. Like zero mm-hmm. percent chance. But like I just think being honest and vulnerable mm. and authentic. Sure. You're then they're like, OK, yeah, OK. That happens. Yeah. Parents can get tired. Yeah. And it's I like kind of having that on the front end instead of me snapping at them mm-hmm. or being crabby yeah. or reacting in a way that's out of alignment with my yeah. values. Yeah. And yeah. I just think that's really healthy. Yeah, well, it's emotionally competent. I mean, that's what that is. Like being able to name, express, you know, your feelings but then also be personally responsible for them. Yeah. You know, and not making other people responsible for them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah. And I read this quote or somewhere it said, like, it's impossible to be in the presence of another human without being influenced by their emotion. Mm. And I always think of the concept of co-regulation with sure. our kids all the time, oh, with yeah. my kids. Like, yeah. it's a lot of co-regulating with a mm-hmm. lot of little people mm-hmm. all the time. Well, and then teachers are having to manage oh 20, gosh. 25, 30 of co-regulate. those. Co-regulate. Oh, yeah. I know. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot. It is. That's why that having your own emotion regulation mm-hmm. and a foundation of it is just critical. Yeah. Yeah. And a, and a system of support for that with yes. the other, whether it's the other colleagues that you have in the building or other adults in your life, other relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, kind of aspect to this that I'm, uh, curious about is the the habit piece because you were talking about that that's one of the earlier videos it sounds like in the series is kind of talking about systems and habits and i know that's a big uh, area of interest for you personally and professionally so can you we don't have to dive deep into this but what does that look like from like the educator standpoint like what, what kind of things are you talking about with educators in terms of habit development Sure. Well, James Clear in Atomic Habits, so interesting. Chapter one is about identity. Mm. It's about how you identify implicates what you do, the behaviors that you engage in. So I I think if we can kind of bring awareness to that, and I think I might've mentioned this in a previous podcast, Mm -hmm. but it's like how we identify in like all of these ways, like you're a runner, like mm-hmm. you identify as a runner, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a runner. I do not identify as a runner. I identify you as a runner. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> Here, let me quick say this and then I can go back to your question because this is a, a really interesting concept. But I had a nanny this summer and I was, I opened my fridge for her to show her the stuff in the fridge and I had, I had a bunch of fruit, a bunch of veggies that were like accessible and all cut up. And I'm like, you know, we have a lot of fruits and veggies. And I'm like, we're, tr- we're trying to be healthy. And then I'm like, no, we are healthy. Mm. So I just think that like, I had to sit with that for a long time of like, I've always identified as trying to be healthy. Mm. I try to be healthy. Mm-hmm. 
But now I've reframed that and switched that. I'm a healthy person. Mm-hmm. I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. And instead of, it's like, I'm trying to be a mom. I'm trying to be a professor right now. I'm mm-hmm. trying to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, I am a mom. I'm yeah. not trying to be a mom. Yeah. I am healthy. Cause I'm, if you know me, you know, like I'm always doing whole 30. Like mm-hmm. that's one thing my friends are like, Oh, are you doing whole 30 right now? Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm just always doing things. Yeah. But I think having a clear, like I am a healthy person mm-hmm. is going to implicate what I do instead of like, I'm trying to be healthy. So I'm trying to do a whole 30 for 20 days or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's where habits start with how you identify. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think helping people clarify it and um, bring it to the surface and change it. Mm-hmm. Like our identities change. So if you're like, oh, I'm just a, you know, a teenage dirt bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> Sorry, I just <laughs> distracted myself. I'm just a shopaholic. Yeah. I'm just a hot mess. Yeah. yeah. I'm a hot mess all the time. Like I don't mm. identify as a hot mess. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if you can just kind of make those come to the surface. Identity is really important. And it's not gender identity, it's not sexual orientation. It's just yeah. all of these labels that we put on ourselves. Sure. Like I'm just really I don't know. I don't who, know other examples. Yeah. 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 So just kind of clarifying that. And then the next thing is the systems idea. That's the other thing. Like James Clear, one of the best quotes that I have underlined and marked, he says, we do not rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Mm. So you can like have a vision board and a manifest anything you want, but it's all about the systems that you have in place to accomplish that that's where it comes in. It's not about like, I'm just going to, you know, picture it and I'm just going to put a Tesla on my vision board. It's like, mm-hmm. that's a great goal. I'm happy for you. But what is your system that you have in place to accomplish that? Mm-hmm. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And then I think it's just, I mean, it's kind of the basic behaviorist things of making it easy and making bad things hard, mm-hmm. like making things that you don't want to do. I'm not going to value it as good or bad. One example, he's like, if you don't want to watch TV every day, unplug the TV every time you use it. If you really don't want to watch TV, unplug it and put it in a closet. Mm. And then we'll see how you, mm. how much you want to watch TV. Like, make it hard. Yeah. So some ways that I use it is just, like, make it easy. I floss my teeth every night. Mm. I wear my retainer every night. I journal <laughs> every night. I read every night. Mm. My, my nighttime routine is very... Um, it's very solid, I guess. I do the same things every night. Yeah. And it's all of those things, my flosser, my journal, and my book are all on my nightstand. They're right there. I don't even have to think about it. I just pick it up. And it's so obvious, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's so obvious. But if you don't have floss accessible, you probably aren't going to floss. And I want to (laughs) floss. And I haven't always flossed, right? Like Mm -hmm. the shame of the dentist where you're like, I I want to floss. I I like to have good oral hygiene. (laughs) But it's like make things that you want to do easy, make Mm -hmm. things that you don't want to do difficult. Again, so obvious, but like just making it automated too, like getting those reps in of things, Mm -hmm. um, getting support and social support. So you have this Mm -hmm. like accountability Mm -hmm. too. And I I love this stuff. Like this is, I think this is a huge predictor of success for people and just productivity is just like what we do, right? Like action Mm -hmm. expresses priorities, Mm -hmm. what we do every day kind of another concept related to this. He talks about the aggregation of marginal gains. So it's like the small things that we do add up to a huge change. Sure. And that can be for the 
for the good or for the bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. two drinks a night mm-hmm. is might not seem like a lot, mm-hmm. but over six months that can really add up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, taquitos every night or snacks when your kids are in bed, <laughs> you know, you've earned it, right? But like that can add yeah. up. So yeah. those That's are just things that I consider. I love, those are my top takeaways that I talk about in these, in these videos is, um, the system setting, the identity piece of what we do, and then just the aggregation of marginal gains. And I, I hate that concept, like at my core, because oh. I've always been like, I just want to like, I want to lose 10 pounds now. I want to, mm. you know, buy a Tesla now. Mm. I don't want to save my money for 10 years. That's too long. But I, I'm really starting to see in all of these ways how the aggregation of marginal gains, they really do add up. And some things that I've been, just some small changes I've been making in my own life have yeah. really added up. Hmm. So there's a, a running quote, and I, I'm, I'm not going to know who this is attributed to because I attribute it to one of the uh, running legends from Sioux Falls because that's where I first heard it. But that, uh, say it again, that the aggregate thing. The aggregation of marginal gains. Yeah. So little by little, uh, a little becomes a lot. Yeah. 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 That's, that's exactly right. And I hate that. Like, I just want a lot now. <laughs> right. But it's, it's true. It's but, true. But, but it's, it's motivating At, from like a running standpoint. It's motivating because it's like, oh, if I want to run a half marathon or I want to run a marathon or something like that, like the trajectory to get to that point is not like one giant leap, but it's all of these little mm-hmm. things that you're doing week after week consistently yeah. that becomes a lot in order for you to accomplish that, that big goal. Yeah. And uh, so I, yeah, I don't know, maybe that's not more simplified, but that's the way I think about it. No, I like that. And it, it doesn't just apply to running or to health or to, to it applies to everything. everything. It applies yeah. to your marriage. Yeah. It applies to your relationships with your kids and your friends. Yeah. It applies to your finances mm. Is it, it applies to like the tidiness of your home, mm-hmm. just everything that you do, it applies to. And, you know, if you, it's not a big deal to miss dinner with your family or to not, you know, apologize after a fight. Mm-hmm. But if, if that happens consistently and you mm-hmm. consistently don't show up, you consistently check out or opt out or don't mm-hmm. apologize or hold a grudge, like mm-hmm. that adds up. That builds up. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I just And and then the reverse is true too. The the kind word, uh the gentle touch, the um the card, the yeah. you know, the little act of service, like all of those things day to day within a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. that builds up too. Oh, it, totally. And it's not just like let's do one grand thing and we'll go mm-hmm. to Europe and then it'll save our marriage. Like mm-hmm. no, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about the thousands of other things. Yeah. And I like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll make up for all of these things that I've done or whatever. It's just, it's not one sweeping thing. It's all of these, these small things, which again, I just don't like that. I've never liked that, but mm. it, it's, I'm starting to see the value of it. And I'm starting to see how it really does play out in all yeah. of these ways. Yeah. Hmm. So can I tell you one thing? Of My, course. Okay. Yeah. So. Trevor and I got a sauna in our basement. Okay. So that's something. That Is that where the, like you <laughs> demolished the little tiki bar oh, thing? Oh, no. We're putting in a new bar there oh, eventually. Okay. But okay. it's like this freestanding infrared cedar sauna. Okay. We got it off of Facebook. Okay. And it was 600 bucks. Yeah. 
it's an investment, but yeah. like it's the best money I've ever spent in my For life. For real? Yeah. Asana. I, Asana. We use it every single night. We go in mm. the sauna. Mm. And, you know, there's tons of research on the health benefits, especially mm. with your heart. Mm -hmm. Just it's really, really good for you. Yeah. But like what this has changed a, we do it every night around 8.30 to 9. We, mm. we sit for about 20 to 30 minutes at 120 degrees. Mm. We don't watch TV anymore at all. Mm. We watch one show once a week. Um, but like that's our time. It's healthy. It's connecting. And we just talk every mm. night in like mm -hmm. this very like regulated environment. Like hearts are slowed down, just mm. pouring sweat, you know. <laughs> it's so... And my gallon of water that I drink yeah, comes that, in handy. That, that is going to be but useful. But like, I'm just thinking all of the ways that just this time, this carved out time is benefiting us in yeah. all of these health and relational benefits. Yeah. And honestly, it's the best $600 I've ever spent in my life. Mm. And all of our friends are like, can we come in the sauna? I'm like, well, it's a three person. So it's like, <laughs> might be awkward, but it's, I don't know. I just, I think of Ooh. all of the gains. Mm -hmm. It's priceless mm -hmm. for us. Um, well, yeah. So spending 30 minutes together, like that could be a, that could be a throwaway thing. Like yeah. oh, it's 30 minutes or whatever, but 30 minutes over the course of a week, over the course of a month. Right. Yeah. That adds up. Yeah. And it's like any conflict or any issue, like there's nothing unresolved then. Cause that's mm -hmm. kind of our time. And it's like this very like safe, warm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like a warm hug. Right. <laughs> like it's not like we're going to bed angry. Like we go to bed just like re-energized in yeah. a way and yeah. like w sleeping better like just the hmm. all of the toxins leaving our body you know yeah. just like yeah. it's just really cool that's so interesting yeah that isn't is. that isn't that unique we mm -hmm. have a sauna in our basement mm -hmm. like who does that we do it <laughs> you, it's so random i know i know <laughs> we bought it from a guy in madison lake yeah. like all our kids were with us we had a trailer like just just okay he was selling his lake home selling his harleys selling yeah. his sauna apparently yeah and yeah moving into his RV to see the country. Okay. But, well, that's yeah. admirable too. That's, I know, that's a, but yeah, just, I just, the benefits hmm. are priceless mm -hmm. and, you know, not only for health, like I said, but also relationally, I'm like, this is better than marriage counseling. Like mm. it's better than a marriage retreat because mm -hmm. it's like just this everyday routine now. Um, and that's just kind of, it's now my nighttime routine to sit in the sauna. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. I don't, yeah, I've never been uh, one to sit in saunas, for for sure. Like, uh, I just <laughs> depends on where you are. Well, I mean, my exposure is only at like health clubs yeah. or whatever. And people are people are don't wear clothes yeah, sometimes. <laughs> that's just awkward. I know. Just I know awkward. it is. Yeah, there's clothes in this sauna. Yeah. But <laughs> well, jeez Louise. <laughs> I know. I've I've never been a sauna person either, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I've just found it like hot and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the infrared is is a game changer. Okay. Well, and the I mean, again, back to running, like that's heat training, you know. So for us in the Midwest, like there's only a brief period of time where we can like actually train in the heat. So if we wanna go run in Arizona or something like that, or if down in Florida <clears throat> Like it's a huge adjustment. People think, oh, I've got to adjust if I go up to elevation or something like that. But running in the heat is just such a different thing. But yeah, doing some sauna sessions and in the lead up to that, that that would be the that would be the reason that I would think of to yeah. get a sauna or to do that because it's connected to running. But I like I like yours. That's a good one. Well, I started 
the heat training idea. I love the steam room. Like mm. I started, we got a Y membership this January. Okay. And I, I went every day because mm. I would go to the steam room. Like that was my draw. That was my like incentive. Okay. It's cold. There's no kids there. It's quiet. Mm -hmm. And then I go in the workout room and I just watch HGTV and I row because <laughs> I'm sitting because I'm, yeah. I don't want to identify as a lazy person, but I, <laughs> I keep things simple. But that was like pairing it with something that's pleasurable mm -hmm. always makes things more repeatable as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like we, we associate health with pain and with mm embarrassment or with d deprivation yeah and i think if you can reframe it as pleasurable and like feeling good and connecting and mm -hmm. like truly pleasurable mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. just like trying to trick yourself yeah it's that's like, how I, I i'll feel better after i do yeah this. yeah when, mm -hmm. if i drink celery juice every day mm -hmm. but like same with eating mm -hmm. like i've always thought of eating like if you're healthy you you miss out man mm -hmm. like you can't have cheese you can't have bread but if you can cook some amazing meals, like there's mm -hmm. so many mm -hmm. simple recipes that like taste amazing mm -hmm. and there's no hint of deprivation or missing out. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I've, I've managed to, cause I love to eat. Like yeah. I'm, I would consider myself a foodie. Like yeah. I love good food. I love to eat. Like that's how we connect. Mm -hmm. um, and I've just kind that's, of changed yeah. my idea about that. Like if you can cook awesome food, that helps you feel great too, but it has to be awesome food. You can't just, you know, starve yourself mm -hmm. or um, eat bland food that that's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not sustainable. Yeah. Especially mm -hmm. if that's a, you know, something that you, that helps, you know, improve your quality of life. Or right. That's important right. Well, and, and the deprivation thing is then becomes the focus. It's like, what yeah. am I not getting Yeah. rather than what am I getting to say yes to? What, what, am, what meal am I looking forward to? Or yeah, it's just a very different, uh, again, mindset, uh, or, or perspective when it comes to these things that we all do every day, which eat, you know, sleep, oh, yeah. socialize with people. Um, yeah, no, it's good. We should probably uh, land this plane. We're we're getting we're getting close. I here. thought this was an all nighter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to keep talking. Just kidding. Well, uh, you know, we, it doesn't have to be a 16 episode you know span every <laughs> single time. Uh, but no, it's been a real pleasure having uh, this conversation, getting back in the studio with you. Um, yeah, I always, I just always enjoy our time together. It's fun. I know it's always interesting, like where it goes. It, mm -hmm. it ended at the sauna, you know. Yep, like yep. we're just gonna. <laughs> it always, it always that's ends that's there. the period here is <laughs> is the infrared sauna. Yes, go out and get one today. Yeah, I know. I could be a sauna salesperson because all of my friends are like looking in. They're like pricing them out on Facebook mm -hmm, and like trying mm -hmm. to get Cedar to build one. No, you you've pitched it very oh well. Oh my gosh, you've I'm made it sound you, incredible. Yeah. Just sweating feels really good. I'm telling you, I'm sleeping better. I'm, I have better energy. Yeah. So I just, yeah. and like, sorry to go off on this tangent mm -hmm. as you're trying to land this plane, but like all of the research and like the cardiovascular benefits mm. are like astounding. Mm. So 30 minutes a day yeah. over the course of 30 years yeah. or 20 years, yeah. like that really does little add by up. Little, a little becomes a lot. I know. I do like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start saying that. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I haven't trademarked it. I just stole it from somebody kids. else. I'd yep. be like, what? Yeah. But that's cool. Yeah. I do like that. Yeah. I. Well, and <clears throat> again, that's heat. The heat side of things is interesting to me, but also cold exposure is something that's really interesting to me too. And and that's something that um, 
well, there was a recent guest that does a lot of breath work and he talked a little bit about cold exposure in our conversation. And I um, have been, yeah, curious about that since then. And uh, so, yeah, how these different like intentional exposures or Mm -hmm. dosages of things, um, how that impacts our, our physiology and uh, our stress level, our, our cortisol levels, all of that. That's just very interesting to me and something that I want to continue to learn about. Yeah. I've heard a lot on that cold exposure too, like the Mm. cold showers. Yeah. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Yeah. I tried that. I'm like, okay, I'll do a cold shower. (laughs) Then I'm like, no, yeah, (laughs) too cold. Yeah. I like a warm shower. Yep. Well, or after a run in the winter, then you just go make a snow angel out on the deck. That's what I do. Yeah. Did you do that like with hot tubs? Like when you'd sit in a hot tub in the winter, then you like quick go jump in the snow and then come back. That was like the thing to do. For sure. For sure. And on that note. Yes. Yes. No, No, it has been. It's been so fun. Um, I'm excited about this educator platform. Um, So a question for you is if uh, like, how is that made available to people? First of all, like how can they access that if if that's something that they want. Sure. Want I would to say if at. you want to share the information on it and you can share the password too, we're okay. st- we're in the final stages of editing it. Okay. Um, we're getting some accessibility provisions okay. made because it was um, kind of studied by an accessibility expert. Okay. Um, but yeah. yeah, by all means, share it. It's- okay. So I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put the link to that platform in the show notes along with the password so that if you're listening and you want to access that, and then people can share that out too, yep, right? Absolutely. So it's not it's not private that they can. No, we want it. We we want the information made available, and it's designed for educators. But yeah. I think that really anyone yeah. can benefit. There's a lot on habits and and stress mm-hmm. and reflection and joy and play. Well, I think and yeah. Creativity. I mean, you you have a list of professionals on the website that are typically found in schools. Um, and so it's not strictly the the teacher in the classroom, but it's really anybody in that setting that could uh, benefit from this as well. And maybe other professionals too. Yeah. And I think this is kind of the first of many. Mm -hmm. I want to keep doing this. I love Mm -hmm. filming content. I think it's Mm -hmm. cool to have this bigger impact than just one school. It's like this, this could be made available to thousands of people. I think that's, that's really powerful. Well, I'm exciting all about free to consumer access to good resources. And that's a huge underlying motivator for me with the podcast and, uh, in doing this kind of a project. So uh, yeah, I'm all on board with that and happy to happy to uh, be a, a vessel to put, put that out into the world. Cool. Thank awesome. you. All right, Jenna, you take good care of yourself and I look forward to the next time we get to sit down. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Awesome. I'm so grateful to you, Jenna, for being an ongoing contributor to the WellMind community. And many thanks to you for spending your time with me today. If you enjoyed our conversation, please check out previous episodes and be sure to click rate and subscribe through your podcast app. That way you will get notified when new episodes drop. Also look for the tools for the WellMind, those mini episodes that I'm gonna be releasing on a monthly basis. And be sure to let people know about the WellMind podcast, share the episode with someone or an educator specifically that you think would enjoy giving it a listen. 
And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for access to the resources on that wellness platform. Uh, Any updates to links or changes on accessibility uh, will be updated in the show notes as soon as the platform becomes available. Many thanks as always to the staff here in the Bethany Lutheran College podcast studio uh, for all that you do for the Wellmind. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, be well.